Good day to all the listeners. Welcome to the New Life Behavior podcast series. My name is Oscar and I'm a volunteer instructor for New Life Behavior. Now, New Life Behavior is presented worldwide, many countries and several on the African continent. Now, the New Life Behavior ministry or series is completely free of charge to all who will benefit from the studying thereof. No request for money will be made and any donations are completely voluntary. The New Life Behavior Ministry courses, the core curriculum, is a comprehensive study to discover a meaningful and personal relationship with God. The curriculum contains 174 lessons divided into 14 courses. The New Life Behavior curriculum is designed to help individuals to be reconciled to God reconciliation of families and society. It is designed for people in all walks of life. It has been well received by Christians and non-Christians alike. These lessons will cover the following. A sense of self. A sense of family. Parenting matters. True freedom. Christian marriage skills. Christian women attitudes and behaviors, Christians against substance abuse, there's a family net series, the seeker bible study series, prisoners of Christ, managing my anger, Christians against sex addiction, managing my finance. Now all the lessons that will be presented are also available on the New Life Behavior International website and their address would be nlbi.org or nlbi.net. We can give you at this stage two email addresses. One email address is 10, the number 10, Winterhook with a capital W, Winterhook at gmail.com. So that is 10, capital W, I N T E R H O E K at gmail.com. And or Chris Burke, C H R I S B U R K E at mweb.co.za. In this way, we say welcome to New Life Behavior Ministries. Good day to all our listeners. Good day to all the listeners. I trust you to a good day. And we are going to talk about the first lesson of New Life Behavior Aanbiedings. The first lesson that we're going to look at is the question of who am I? Who are you? Who am I that God is concerned about me? In your lesson you will notice if you've downloaded it off the, um, the sites that have been um, given to you you will have an opportunity to start your lesson by asking the question of yourself, what do you think God feels about you as an individual? And maybe you'll just go and peek at the questions at the end of the lesson 
and then study the lesson and then answer the questions. Who am I that God is concerned about me? You know, we do not know where you stand in your belief about God or whether you even believe in God. We also do not know what concerns you have in your life. Perhaps you are in a state of relative satisfaction with life. Or maybe you are in the depths of despair and suffering. If you were hurting and in difficult circumstances, whether or not they are of your own making, we urge you to take heart. Perhaps the darkness of your despair or the depth of your longing will lead you to see truths that you've never seen before. And we hope that you will find answers to life's deepest questions and concerns as you work through these lessons. We are praying not only that your mind will be filled with the piercing truth of God's design for you, but also that your heart may be saturated with His all-encompassing love and comfort. You know, there are times when we all ask is God concerned about me? This usually happens at the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, or the end of a marriage. You know, circumstances beyond our control. Or maybe we brought some of these things upon ourselves. But the message today is don't put yourself down. We don't like ourselves. We may feel that even God has turned his back on us. And if we look at the word of God in Luke 15, which we'll touch on later, it says that God loves the sinner. And he hates the sin, but not us. God loves to rejoice even when one person, one sinner, repents and is reconciled to him. God loves even those people who have left him on purpose. But he loves when he sees those people come back home. You see, God gave his only son to reconcile us to him. We all know John 3.16 and we're going to be quoting that down the line. Remember, every person is free to decide whether he or she believes that God is concerned about him, about you. Your answer to the question, who am I that God is concerned about me, depends on your point of view. This lesson will explore three common held beliefs or points of view about the nature of man and the existence and nature of God. The first of these three points is the atheistic point of view. This is a person who disbelieves or lacks belief in the existence of God. See, the atheist declares that based on the physical evidences of sight and hearing and touch and taste and smell, there is no God. There are no moral standards. There's no sin. There's no need for forgiveness no need for a savior and no need for God's love since there's no God anyway. 
You see, the atheist believes that science will answer the questions of our origin, purpose, and destination. He says in Colossians chapter 2 and from verse 8, he says the following, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. And this negates the theory of the atheist. You see, the atheist states that our minds are not spiritual, but purely biological. An atheist would say that our minds are to use scientific truth to survive and to meet our physical and emotional needs with pleasure as man's most important goal. And again we go to the Word of God in the book of Psalms where it says in Psalm 103 verse 17, But from everlasting to everlasting the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with His children's children. The second one is the agnostic point of view. A person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God. In other words, a skeptic, a doubter, a cynic. You see, no one really knows if God exists, and that is impossible to know. And here the Word of God comes back to us and speaks to us in the book of Corinthians, and chapter 1 and chapter 3. It says, The message of the cross is foolishness. Verses it being the power of God, the wisdom of God, versus the wisdom of the world, through which it does not know God. So it says if the wisdom of the world doesn't teach us about God, but God's word teaches us about Him. And the book of Romans as well says since the creation of the world, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Men are without excuse. The agnostic lets his moral standards be determined by majority vote. These are the cornerstones. And if we have a look at Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, it says we are justified by the grace of God. And life is not just about eating and drinking, but it's about righteousness and peace. The world is not about wickedness, but it's, it's about integrity and righteousness. You see, the agnostic states, states there's no definite answers for man's origin, purpose and destination. If the agnostic is correct, Man is just another statistic. He goes the way of the majority. He might believe and be lucky, but he's not sure what to do. 
You see, the book of Jeremiah, the word of God says, man's life is not his own. It's not for man to direct his steps. The book of Proverbs, Spreker, soos ons het ken. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And again, Proverbs repeats in Proverbs 20, How can anyone understand his own way? What is the guiding principle of life? Now the third one, obviously, is the Christian point of view. And the Christian point of view or basis is faith, hope and love. And the following scriptures from the Word of God clearly support this view. 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter and it's used on many special occasions like weddings but the interesting thing is that the book of Corinthians this chapter 13 was written for brethren in the church in the context that there were disputes about who was the greatest and the skills and the talents and the special spiritual gifts But notwithstanding all of that, 1 Corinthians 13 uses faith, hope and love. The book of Romans speaks about good news. The good news being the gospel, which we'll talk about more and more, being the power of God. The book of Malachi speaks about God the Father, there being one God and who is our creator. The book of John speaks about grace and truth came through Christ. Again, the book of John speaks about saying that I, Christ, am the resurrection and the life. And then the one we mentioned earlier, John 3.16, that says that God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him shall enjoy eternity. If we go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, it says God is our creator. God is the life giver. And the book of Romans says that the Spirit of God lives in us. And that's the Spirit with a capital S. We'll get to that as well. When Peter delivered the first gospel sermon or lesson in Acts chapter 2. He said that we are the receivers of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then also in John it speaks about us having a home with God. So from creation he says we will have a home with God. He says that grace and truth came through Christ. So we as Christians say that we are based on faith, hope, and love. Also, the book of Romans tells us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And the great book of Ecclesiastes, Predicar, tells us that in conclusion, fearing God and keeping His commandments is the whole duty of man. 
So let's say this to each other. Our behavior is a product of our thinking and our feelings. And so if we were to sum up what we've just said here, how does the, where does the atheist, agnostic and Christian find themselves? Does God exist? Not to the atheist. Agnostic maybe, to the Christian, yes. What is belief based on? Well, the atheist says physical senses. Agnostic says ignorance. And we say faith, hope and love. And what's our behavior based on? Well, the atheist says what's best for the individual. The agnostic says what, what the majority does. We must be guided by our own behavior and, and, and changes as groups change. The Christian says scriptural principles, the word of God and self-control. Man's origin, the atheist says an accident. Agnostic says man can't know. But the Christian says man was made by God and his image. And the purpose? Well, the atheist says science will eventually find a purpose to fulfill man's purpose and to, f and to fulfill the biological urges. The agnostic says, I'm unsure. The Christian says, my purpose is to glorify God through service to mankind. And man's destiny? Well, the atheist says, nothing beyond the grave. The agnostic says, I'm unsure. The Christian says, God has prepared a mansion in heaven. And then what is a man worth? The atheist says, not more than animals. Agnostic says, just another statistic. And the Christian says, one soul is worth more than the whole world. There, we're not going to talk about all the Christian evidences, there just isn't enough opportunity or time. But you know, truth is truth wherever it is found. And we as Christians believe that there is a designer of the universe. And not to believe that the universe is a product of a series of statistically impossible, perfectly executed accidents. And so to conclude the study, if I may, the atheistic point of view, even the agnostic's point of view, has done much harm to society. Humans are, cons are considered of no more value than animals. And the book of Psalms, the Psalms, number 14, Psalm 14 says, the fool says in his heart, the fool means the morally deficient person, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. As the psalmist says in Psalm 10, he says, the fool says, there's no room for God. And this has caused a breakdown in morality in our society. Now, if we look at the book of Matthew, just a simple man who was a tax collector who came to Christ. And Matthew, in chapter 7, says the following from verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That gets us to think a little bit. God is concerned about us because He wants us to have the abundant life. In John 10.10 10, He says, I have come that they might ha may have life and have it abundantly. And we'll cover this in our following lessons. And God has a home for us. And He says to us in Romans chapter 6, He says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As Christians, we may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Thanks for listening. Danke dat die geluister het. Now just a few little easy tips. First of all, each lesson is going to ask you to note a few personal thoughts about the question that is asked. And then read the questions at the end of the lesson, but do not attempt to answer them. Then study or read the lesson. Then answer the questions and then give yourself the opportunity to write some personal reflections. And you are more than welcome to send your answers and questions to 10, the number 10, winterook at gmail.com or chrisburke at mweb.co.za.